Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Supercoach Summer Series. We thought we would squeeze one more in before Christmas festivities kick off. Silly season, arguing with uncles, all the good stuff that is Christmas Day. Nat, Walker, what is going on? Walker, I'm going to bring you in first, mate. How are we? Mate, I'm, I'm going good. Um, still working all the, all the way up, so that's a bit fucked. But um, look, mate, it's, it's all money in the bank account, so I can't really complain too much. A few more dollary dues. We love it. Yeah, Natty, yeah. what's doing? Mate, I'm at the moment. I'm outside, fucking gurning the side of the house, and it's about 43 degrees. So it's a terrible day to be one of these. <laughs> Gonna wear it. Bloody hell, it is fucking stinking hot. It's that time of year, boys, where you know you might as well just button the top three buttons on your sh- on your button ups because they're fucking useless, and tinnies are just getting crushed all over the place. Mate, being down here in Sydney, I, I think we've had about three days of about 29, 30, and I'm rattled. I don't know how you Queenslanders fucking do it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond me, It is wild. The, uh, got the fan out for the first time the other day. Plenty of dust there, but good God, it's needed. Oh, mate, it's aircon 24-7 in my house. 24-7. <laughs> no fucking doubt. Mate, we've got... We've got three guys today, really interesting these three. We've got our loaded gun, which will be Cam McInnes. I think he's one of the more interesting prospects heading into season 2022. You can make you can make fair arguments on both sides of Cam McInnes. Uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. We've got our wild card, Isaiah Papali'i, coming off a career-high season. He was incredible last year. Would you argue that he would have been the waiver pick of 2022? Uh, sorry, 2021? Easily. Yeah. Oh, him, without, him and Garrick. Garrick, yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's interesting in my comp, uh, Papa Lee was actually drafted in round 17. And I remember when it happened and I thought, you know what, that's not a bad play, actually. He looked good in the trials. But I still thought uh, he's still waiting for a couple of injuries and he'll probably be a 55-2 RF, but not bad. And then I remember having beers halfway through the year and the bloke that drafted him, who's a little bit clueless as, as it is, mentioned <laughs> that he thought it was Josh Papali. He thought he got unbelievable <laughs> fucking value I there. That story. And, 
That was just that was one of the biggest kicks in the dick of all time for me. Listening to that, uh, so Papa Lee, we'll talk about him. He's obviously leaving the Parramatta Eels as well, so another layer to that that I'm sure we'll touch on. And then we've got our bang for buck and a really interesting guy. I think a guy that a lot of people sleep on. He is not a top shelf premier centre, but. If this guy is your fourth centre wing, I think you're absolutely flying. It's Herbie Farnsworth from the Brisbane Broncos. I'm very excited about him. But let's kick off with our loaded gun, Cam McInnes. Now, he didn't play in 2021, of course, uh, the ACL injury. He's returning with the Cronulla Sharks, so leaving the Dragons. We assume he will be 13. He obviously has played hooker and, uh, and 13 during his career. But for me, I think the game's moved away from him as a hooker. Where do you sit on all this, Natty? Yeah, look, we can only really look at his 2020 stats. And so he played a little bit of hooker, a little bit of lock. At hooker, average 79. At lock, he had average 73. Type of guy that really needs 80 minutes to be relevant for super coach. Um, And if he does get that 80 minutes, you know, you're looking at... I mean, for for the 18 games that he played in 2020, he averaged 11 runs, 49 tackles. That's what you're going to get out of him with big minutes. You're going to get 50-plus tackles and then, you know, 10 to 14 runs from him. Zero upside from him. He's not going to score any tries, not going to set up any. It's just all pure base. Like you said, the game is moving away from him, but if they decide to use him with big minutes, you're going to get PPM of one, Whatever his minutes are, it's pretty much going to translate straight into his super coach points. So it's all about how they're going to use him and how many minutes he plays for me. Big question there is the minutes. Walk, how do you see this guy being used? Yeah, I think he's going to. He's obviously going to start in lock position, and I think he's going to float around and and probably spell Blake Braley at some point during the games. And look, he's not known for his creative um, stats or his scoring stats, so. I mean, it's it, and even like the crash plays um, at the line, you're not really getting the um, the try assist points that you used to. So, look, it, 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 I just feel like all of those just point to him being a bit overvalued for um, for where we'd probably be picking him up. In saying that, because he didn't play at all last season, he is likely to be slept on a little bit as well. So he could turn out to be a bit of a value pick in like round three. I got to tell you when I and I've heard people say that a few times, Book, that they think he'll play hooker at the back end. When I look at Cam McInnes in the modern game, he doesn't have the creative ability to be a hooker in the first minute. For me to think about him playing fifty minutes at lock, making fifty tackles, and then we spell Blake Braille and we put Cam McInnes in against a tired defence when he lacks ruck recognition, he doesn't have a running game, he's not poaching out a dummy half. It just seems a little bit backwards to me. I don't mm. understand the using Blake Braley and mate, it wouldn't shock me if they do it. I don't disagree with you, but it just doesn't add up to me. I don't, if I see Cam McInnes with 20 minutes to go move into hooker, if I'm a marker, I go fucking beautiful, sensational. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like it's just because I don't think um, Blake Braley with the type of game that he's got, he's going to be effective over the full 80 minutes. So they might spell him just after, just after half time for maybe 10, 15 minutes to get a bit of, um, blood back into the legs and then push him back out there for that last little hit. The, the other yeah, thing, the, yeah. The other thing I would questions. say about Cam McInnes is that if you are going to draft him, you need to split him in two and you need to sort of ignore the average for the first 10 weeks or so. I think this is a guy that you're picking for the last 10 weeks of the season. He's coming back off an ACL. He's at a new club. Mm. I just think he is a, if, you, if you're picking him, you're picking him for the back end of the season. Now, the other thing that comes to mind when I think Cam McInnes, and I'm not overly keen on him, I'm pretty confident right now I won't be drafting him, but 
it looks more than likely that there are going to be changes to some of the Supercoach scoring and rules and whatnot. And for me, this guy could be the huge winner out of it. I think it's going to be pretty obvious that they're going to try and bring those high-scoring players, your your center wings, your halves, your fullbacks, probably back down to earth a little bit. I don't see it changing for this guy. So I only think they would change, you know, try scoring, line break, line break assist, try assist, that sort of stuff. That's all that mm-hmm. I can see changing. If if tries drop down to, let's say, 14 points and line breaks drop down to eight and everything just comes down a little bit, but tackles and runs stay exactly the same, changes it a little bit for me as far as Cam McInnes go. He could jump up then, but... I think I need to see those changes happen first for me to consider this guy as high as what I'm hearing a lot of people talking about. Well, that's it, mate. Tackles, runs, that's his bread and butter. The thing that sort of arouses me about Cam McInnes is that the fact that he's dual and one of those dual positions is yeah. hooker, and we know how fucking scary hooker is, and that's why people will take him, and that's probably why people will reach for him a little bit. I mean, you're talking about him being in the realms with, you know, Watto, and cheese, you know, all of them being hooker, jewel, uh, two RF. So take both of those guys ahead of him. I think so. Just, just for the, just for the upside. But if you, if it's true, what you're saying there, guru, and these, these upside guys are going to be brought back to the pack a little bit. And these base guys are going to be sitting there going, yep. Cause the thing is, we know exactly what we're going to get out of McInnes. Oh mate, his There's coefficient no of variance the last three years he's played is twenty five percent, twenty five percent, and twenty four percent. Anything under thirty percent is ridiculously good. So he is Mister Consistent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, it's just yeah, where do you take him? Is there value, and where you're going to have to reach for him? I, I just don't know. It's it, it worries me just because of the p- position and, and the shallowness of that of this position when we're drafting. I don't know where would you be comfortable in drafting him, guys. For, for me, it depends what my first pick is. If I get a Cleary, a Turbo, a Teddy, a Pappy, even a Latrell, all of a sudden McInnes probably becomes um, a little bit more exciting to me. If I know I've got mm. my high-end captain the week in, week out, essentially outside of him playing Melbourne, Penrith, Roosters, I'm going to captain anyway, then I don't mind Cam McInnes. But, geez, if I don't have that real top-end guy in the first round... I don't know. He's one that, even if I get to round three or so, I just think he's not going to win you a comp. He'll keep you relevant, and there's no doubt about that. He will keep you relevant. But I just can't see yourself winning a comp if Cam McInnes is your second best player and you don't have one of the top four guys, in my opinion. Right, and like, just say you went upside, upside, round two, round one, round two, and you've got two really high-ceiling guys, and round three you're looking... And, you know, Watto's been reached at and Cheese is gone. That's when you probably would take him because I do like to to sort of link those real high base guys for solidarity in your side with some high ceiling guys. So I get that play. I, I like that one. Just circling back to the ACL, the only positive I can see coming back from this this injury is he did it so early. I mean, yep. he fucking did it before the season started. So effectively, he's, full pre-season he's already had... The 12 months, you know, it's done and dusted. He's done the, the hard yards. He's he's done the, the rehab on it. And he's not a guy that's going to be changing a lot of direction. I mean, when he runs the ball, he goes straight. <laughs> and all he does is tackle around the leg. So it's not going to affect his game that much anyway. So 
I'm pretty positive, pretty pretty upbeat about the whole ACL situation. I'm not sure it's going to affect him that much. But like you said, it's just about this base guy in this new game. Where does he fit in and where's that value going to lie? And that's the other thing I would argue, as much as I'm not as worried about the ACL either, and it also fills me with confidence that this is Cam McInnes. You know that his entire rehab would have been as oh. professional as what it possibly could have been. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. The one Workers. thing I would say is that this guy, and we've spoken about a little bit, the game's moved away from him. He hasn't played rugby league since 2020. The game has just changed so much yeah, in yeah, that yeah. time. There is going to be a transition period, and this is why I'm circling back to few are picking Cam McInnes because you, know, you, you, you think he's going to be a guy that's going to win your games in the first 10 weeks. Uh, you're probably falling into a trap there. This is a guy for the back end of the season, and if he struggles in the first 10 weeks and he plays 50, 60 minutes, don't shit the bed and trade him to someone else. If you're picking Cam McInnes, I think it's a pick and stick for me. Yeah, 100%. I mean, could you imagine him in the first round? He's going to fucking think the the game's on fast forward. Yeah. Mm. He's going to be stressing. He's going to, fuck, this is quick out here. So yeah. I get you. Yeah, it's going to be a slow start for Cam. But like you said, he's a workhorse. He's going to be working on his game. He'll work on his fitness, not only in the preseason, but throughout the year as well. He seems like a real professional guy when it comes to footy, and he's always going to strive to be the best. Wherever it is, hooker, lock, front row, fullback, it wouldn't matter. He's going to put his best foot forward. So I th- I think you pick him, you pick and stick, you're not going to have to worry about him. It's not going to be sort of like a stressful pick. And he's a fullback. Fullback captaincy option, to be fair. Yeah. Low-end fullback captaincy option. So If he gets those big minutes. Yeah, if he gets the big minutes. And look, that, that's that's a big thing that we, we don't understand because that forward rotation, they've got a lot of depth there. Yeah. So it could, it could be that, it, that they could be trying to keep him a bit fresh. He might end up 65, 70 minutes. Who knows? If you get pick one to five and you have a captain week in, week out, do you take Cam McInnes in round two or are you still looking at him as probably a round three sort of guy? Where, where, where do we where do we sit on this? Not, three, not, not, even, not even looking at him in round two, yep. to be no, honest. Okay. Not at even, all. even in the 12-man league. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 back end of round three for me when I start looking at him. Just because, like you said, Guru, you want to get those upside ceiling guys in your team first, get that sorted so that you've got that high octane potency in your team where you can just fucking win any matchup on any given day because of these guys that you've picked in one and two and then you know maybe circle back and get these base solid guys uh in round three round four possibly we'll need to revise that assessment when we see what the the point scoring changes are i think there's a really good chance we're gonna have to revise a lot of these Mm. because i think that I mean, as, as I said, I'm sort of repeating myself. The writing's on the wall. If they are going to make changes, what they're going to have to change. And I don't to, think that sort of stuff will affect Cam McInnes or anything. It'll make him more valuable. Um, so we'll have to come back to that later. Let's move to our wild card, Isaiah Papali'i. Now, burst onto the scene for the Warriors a couple of years ago with a heap of hype. We didn't quite see it. He didn't live up to it. Uh, a lot of people were very disappointed. I think classic-wise, I think it was 2018, he was the guy to have at the start of the season, and we got absolute mm. duck eggs from him. <laughs> very, very disappointing there. He moved to the Parramatta Eels, and as I said at the start, I think I think anyone that knows rugby league watched him in the trials and went, fuck, he looks decent, but look at the rest of this side between Madison, Sean Lane, Nathan Brown, Junior Paulo. The list goes on and on. Where can this guy possibly get a gig? He's going to have to wait for an injury, a suspension. Even then, we don't know how good he's going to be. Um, I'm willing to say at the end of the season, he was Parramatta's best forward. Do we all agree? 
easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and he should not have been pushed into the front row. Like, he was so dynamic at that at edge spot. Now, we'll, we will come back to that in a second because that's the biggest red flag for me of all time. But the season average was 78, which was incredible considering the vast majority of mm. you would have got him off the waiver wire outside of Blind Freddy in my competition. Uh, he <laughs> was he scores over 60, 70% of the time. For a for a 2RF, that's unbelievable. For a 2RF slash front row forward, absolute goal. Just sensational to be able to have a guy like that in your team. He holds on to the dual position heading into this season, but... He is leaving. We know that he's heading to the West Tigers for season 2023. As Wook just mentioned, uh, he played a bit of front row at the back end of the season. He played two games in the front row where he played 45 to 55 minutes. His scores were 46 and 45. So, I mean, for me, if I'm looking at Isaiah Papali, he's coming off a career-high year as well. That's a bit of a red flag for me. He's a guy that's come from nothing to one of the best forwards in the game. He's now got a contract somewhere else the year after. There is a lot of noise around him that has me worried, considering where you're going to have to draft him. Where do you sit on this one, Natty? Yeah, look, I mean, let me pump some stats at you and just tell me where you pick this guy just just off the stats that I'm going to give you. 78 average from 67 minutes, 54 base with the majority of games playing out in the edge. That's crazy. Base power of 67.7. Like you said, Guru, games over 60, 70%. Coefficient variance, 32%. Four and a half tackle breaks a game, seven tries, three assists. This guy screams round two, right? Mm. And so for me, screams trap. I mean, does he average 67 minutes again? I don't think so. He'd have to be playing on the edge. He's going to have to push someone out there. Do the Eels put everything into him knowing he's going to go in 2023 and just get and just flog him like a dead horse? Or do they start looking at sort of cementing some edge back row spots that they're going to have for the future? I mean, if, if he does move into the front row spot, if you look at the games that he, he sort of floated around that 50 to 60 minute range, he averaged 55.8. So if we get word of him playing in the middle, whether that be rotating through lock or in front row, you see it in the trials or whatever, you have to draft him at a 55 to 60 average, not that fucking 78. And look, for morons that don't do their study or listen to the best podcasts in the business, and don't sort their pre-draft lists out either. It's just got traps. Someone's going to just blow their load on this guy, and I'm going to let it happen. If there's any player that I think gets automatically drafted because the internet fucks up, I think this guy (laughs) could be the president of it. Oh, mate, it'll happen an absolute heap, I reckon. And look, my my vibe is that it's going to be a negative season. I think he will be around the 55 to 60 average, which is fantastic. Uh, But, mate, it's a massive downgrade, and it's a massive downgrade considering where you're probably going to have to draft and to get your hands on this guy if we get to round 20. And, I mean, it's Parramatta. They're never short on quality young forwards that are explosive coming through their system. If there is someone else that pops up, this could be the guy to fall out, even though he was their best last year. What's your vibe on it? Walk, are you a bit nervous or what? Oh, massively nervous. Even if he does get pushed into the front row, you've got RCG and Paulo in there, and they're going to be the go-to guys um, because they're building their their team around that forward pack. Look, he might, might even be starting off the bench. Like he, Quite as, possibly. A, as yeah. a dynamic player as he is, like he, he might even start and then be subbed off after 15. 
So look, I just I, I feel like there is yeah trap written all over him. But yeah, it's it, you're never going to get him for what he's valued at, and what he's valued at is probably around four pick, like um, picking in the late thirties. So mm. even even then, that might be a bit higher. But I'm I'm facing that on being dual. So yeah, Wook's upset. Yeah. This is Wook's boy. Yeah, look, they they fucked him around as well, moving him to the front row. He actually prefers to play in the front row. He loves the tough stuff, but um, fuck, he can run a good line, can't he? Yeah, yeah, he's unreal out on the edge, and the upside mm. you get when he is on the edge, um, it it's just so meaningful. Yeah, look, I'm I'm very nervous on this guy. I don't think I can draft him. I don't think I'll get the opportunity to draft him by the time I'm looking at him anyway. Where mm. would you be happy to take him if we're talking a twelve man league? Are we talking? Round five, round six, are you going early? I mean, yeah. mate, even if he's if he's averaging 60 and he's a dual position to RF front row forward, that's great. But I'm still not convinced he's going to be that guy, to be honest with you. I'm not convinced that Brad Arthur uses him the entire season. There are a couple of other back rowers who have showed a bit of promise there over the last few years. I mean, one could be Bryce Cartwright, for example, if they want to try and get some minutes into him and see what they can get out of him. There's a heap of other guys there. What round are we sort of looking at here, boys? You've got to look at him as a front row forward, right? So, And we all know how I view front row forwards <laughs> in your drafts. So uh, even at five and six, I'm not really looking at him. Yes, he's going to be a high-end front row forward if you're looking at that 55 to 60 average range. But I'm feeling a lot more spots in my side before I even look at the props. Look, where do you sit? You can't be looking at him before round four. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things that he's never going to slip that far. So, yeah, I feel feel like similar to last episode, I'll be I'll be happy to see him drafted earlier by someone else. All right, let's move to our bang for buck. And uh, we've already done one of the Brisbane Broncos centers in Katoni Stage. We're all very high on him. Herbie Farnworth. Now, I don't think this guy is going to be a premier CTW, but I do think if he is your fourth CTW and you get him very late in the draft, I think you've done very well to get this guy. There is the potential of him playing fullback, but from what I've seen at Broncos training, I think Tessie knew he will start as the one for Brisbane. And I think by the end of the, by halfway through the season, you've probably got Selwyn Cobbo who will probably push in front of Herbie anyway. So I sort of think, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. The idea of him playing fullback is a bit of a mirage. I personally don't think we will see it. Uh, if you do, you've got huge upside there. But just off what we saw at centre this year, um, 32 base stats was his average. Uh, some of those games he's getting up, you know, 40, 45 base stats a game, which is Yummy. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a game against Canterbury in round three this year. He didn't score a try. He got 99 in the, the centres for the Broncos. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure... and. Look, you might be the guy to talk to about this fella. Uh, obviously, he's going to be on the left <laughs> side. You'd rather it if he was at right centre, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. H- how are you looking nah. at Herbie heading into next season? I just feel like a lot of a lot of traffic's going to be directed down um, Stags's 
um, corridor. And look, I, I feel like there there might be a bit of um, starving of the ball on that left side. Then, yeah, he is going to obviously be the left side setter. He's going to be good for base stats. He's he's always getting in there doing the hard yards for the team. And when he is doing that, he's got good evasive skills. So he's got the tackle breaks. He's got a line break or two in him, and he's got a bit of toe as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. I think it's a bit of a mirage anyone talking about him playing fullback because I think there's at least two people out of him. So he, he's probably playing. He, he might be training there, um, bits and pieces. But yeah, I, I feel like there's there's too many other um, more established options um, to go with. Uh, Look, yeah, are, are we confident at least he's got the left center spot nailed down? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he was he was very Thanks, dependable man. in defense as well as in attack. So, other thing I would say, if he's your fourth center wing, um, last year thirty five percent of the time he went over sixty points. Now, if that's your fourth choice center wing and one in three games he's going above sixty, with an average of fifty two, I, I I can cop that, eh? Hundred mm, oh, percent. Nice. I mean, thirty two base base power thirty nine point seven. He only scored three tries and had four yep. four assists for the year. And this isn't a side that lost 71% of their games. Walker, write that down. 71% yeah. of the games they lost. Um, <laughs> and they only managed 18 points a game. So that fills me with confidence that if Walker's right and the, the Broncos, and the Broncos yeah. are back and you know they're going to have a better attacking team, surely this 52 bumps up to about that 55, 56. And like you said, if you pick him and he's your fourth CTW and you're getting a 55 average with a coefficient variance of probably below 30, man, all day, every day. Yeah. I also think that, yes, I think the vast majority of the football goes down the right side for the Brisbane Broncos. That's how I'd be playing anyway. But let's be honest here. Every time the ball goes right, the Broncos aren't going to score, but they're going to at least cause damage. And it will still leave space on that other side. And I think mm. Adam Reynolds, he, he will be good enough to identify that. That's that's his bread and butter, to identify where space is and where the ball needs to be. So as much as the right side is the strong side, I don't think it really devalues Herbie all that much. Like I don't think they're going to completely ignore that left side. They're going to go to Stags an absolute heap. They're going to go to Selwyn a heap. They're going to cause havoc over there. They're going to drag defenders over. And then I think it will create opportunities for this guy. And as much as he's not, you know, he's not Latrell Mitchell, but I think he's a guy that Brisbane understand, you know, off the off the back of some some second phase footy, we can just throw him the ball. He's the sort of guy that he can just create something out of just a half opportunity. So I'm excited for him. I I mean, with mm. a 52 average last year and a team that was going like a busted, I really do think he can lift that up to maybe even a 60-65 average. I mean, you have a look at the last four games of the season. He went 77, 73, 54, 95. I, I don't have my calculator in front of me, but I would assume mm. that's that's mid-80s average, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, that's and, and that's when that's when the Broncos started to play actual football. Yeah. And it just goes to show that this season coming... Every chance to be, every chance to actually average over sixty. Well, Guru, you're talking about this right edge for the Broncos being the real dominant edge in attack for the Broncos, right? So, how many times have we seen a really dominant attacking edge, a you know the left edge originally for the Roosters, the left edge originally for the Storm, and then opposition defence really stack opposing players in the defence to stop that edge, and then all of a sudden. The storm right edge 
is the top scoring supercoach side and the Roosters right edge is the fucking top supercoach scoring side. So there is a little bit of that where, you know, mm. defenses look at that and go, we need to fucking lock down Adam Reynolds and Katoni Staggs. And look, if they beat us on the left with Herbie Farmworth, so be it. So be it. So you got to think about that as well. Cause it's a really interesting aspect. Cause I mean, Wooker and I were talking about this, this left edge for Storm coming into 2021, and then it was just all right. It was just all Hughes on that side, just running and just putting points on. So you got to think about that as well, I think. Oh, he reminds me a lot of, and not, not so much as players, but as the position they're in, he reminds me a lot of Campbell Graham in that he's a great player, he's got good base stats, but in his team, he's on the weaker side, but... Mate, I still look at Campbell Graham. He scored 10 tries last year in, I think, 18 games. So, yes, it feels like everything's going down the left constantly for South Sydney, but you don't completely ignore your right-hand side. And I think I think quite often we fall into this trap a little bit. I think there's going to be plenty, plenty of opportunity for Herbie to, to score points next year. And I think he will average around 60, realistically. Mm. But he's a big lad, yeah. too. Big, mobile boy. Hard, hard to stop close to the line. <laughs> yeah, mate. Like, and... To think he won't be better for the run again in 2022, I mean, that's naive. Like, he, it felt to me like to the back end of the last season, he was just finding his feet and finding his confidence and really taking on the line. So, fuck, he could be anything in 2022. And, I mean, where do you draft him? He's going to slip. He's going to – you probably pick him up eight-plus, you know? Mate, you, you draft him on his name alone. Oh, like, yeah, him. there's five points in that, her, in that <laughs> name. Herbie, please. Herbie Farnsworth, that's – it's a G up, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. I also um, think when I look at his stats, I mean, like he goes above 37 base states on quite a few occasions this year. He's got 44, 45 games. I think he's got three or four of them. I'm also mm. looking at this Broncos squad now and with Jordan Piera, with Jermaine Asako, with Branko Lee in this squad, I mean, he's going to have to work week in, week out because they genuinely have strike in this squad now that can come in and replace him at any given moment. I also think... By looking by the look of Broncos training from what I've seen, it looks like Corey Oates will be outside him now. Mm. For me, if Corey Oates isn't playing his absolute best footy, he won't last long. So I like that Corey oh. Oates has got that pressure on him as well because, you know, we, we can say whatever we want about Corey over the last few years. When he is playing good footy, he is a supreme winger. He is a great finisher. Oh, yeah. And I think, mate, even if he drops out of the team, you get Piera or you get... Um, a Branko Lee or a Jermaine Asako, they're all great finishers. I think Herbie mm. is sitting in a really good little spot here. Especially if Albert Kelly gets a spot out there on the left. Um, I love that a lot more for Herbie's game than if Gamble's playing there. So if we get mail that Albert Kelly is, you know, playing 5-8 on that left edge inside Herbie, that's beautiful because, fuck, Kelly can play, man. He's an old mm-hmm. head. He likes to use the weapons around him, and he'll get the best out of Herbie. He's an exciting footballer. I've, yeah, uh, I think, I think Branko Lee might give a bit of pressure to Farnsworth's spot at centre as well. Yeah, well, obviously Branko's always been a right centre, but, I mean, I don't think there's a hope in hell. As much as I love Branko, he can possibly get a gig outside of an injury nah. to Gatoni, so he'll be playing left. I The one thing I want you to consider, and as I've said a few times, I've, I've been watching a lot of the Broncos training on their website and everything and just keeping track of who's where. Mate, it looks like the 5'8's Billy Walters in nearly every opposed session. Ooh, I like Walters. that as well. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I like Albert Kelly and Gamble. I would love to have Gamble in the team somewhere, but every opposed session, it looks like uh, Walters is the six with Reynolds. And then on every opposed session on the other side, uh, you have got the other two in Gamble and Kelly. So 
Oh, jeez, it, it's a it's a bit of a weird one as far mm. as uh, um, optics go. Obviously, you got Young Walters coming off an injury plague season where he didn't really play much rugby league, and when he did, sort of was a hooker. Let's be honest here, and now he's moved up there and he's could be starting five eight in Dad's team. So, very interesting times there. And I know I know you guys said like he, you know it's a long shot for Herbie to play fullback, but we've seen with these fullbacks like Asako and even you when he played there, when they fuck up in defense, they get shafted quick smart. Mm. And you is terrible in defense and reading the play. He's always getting caught out in different positions when, you know, he's trying to defend the kick. So look, it, it, does Herbie go straight in there? If he gets dropped, I'm not sure. You know, there's obviously a couple of guys there that can play fullback, but it wouldn't surprise me at some point in the next season. If Herbie does get a start at fullback, it wouldn't surprise me, but if you are drafting him with the hope of him playing fullback... No, no. It's, I, a, it's a cherry. It's a stretch. Yeah, no, you are... It's a cherry on top. Yeah. Like, if he's your fourth CTW, you picked him up in round eight, and you're happy with that, and all of a sudden he starts playing fullback for the Broncos, mate, you're pulling your pud. Mate, I, I even, you know, I said at the start, if he's your fourth CTW, I'm stoked. I, mate, I've got to tell you, I don't know if he's upset if he's my third CTW. Yeah. No, no, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. I've always, I've you, always been a you fan. Floor, you floor for him, even if it, even if everything we've said that's positive doesn't come to him fruition. Your, your base on that is fifty points. I, I think you, you're not going to get 50, less than a fifty point average from it. Yeah, Jesus, look at us talking positively about a Broncos player. You're right over there, Wook. You, the blood rushing to your head yet? Or I'll tell you what, I need a cold bit shower. I, there's I a bit need of a cold in your shower. voice, actually. Lovely. Actually, actually get, I'm, I'm getting a cold spoon. Hang on. <laughs> Just give it a tap, mate. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Boys, going through those three, we've got our loader gun, Cam McInnes. We're all agreeing that we're a little bit off him. I think we're all going to let someone else draft him, right? Through to the keeper. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right, Isaiah Papali, uh, for me, too much worry. Leaving the end of the season, looks like he'll be a front rower. Um, once again, I'm going to let someone else walk into that one. Trap City, bitch. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Herbie Farmworth, after I've got my two real strike CTWs in strike teams, I'm probably looking at this guy. I don't think many other people will be. Uh, Game in. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this one could be a really good get in your side eye. I'm pretty confident that kickoff season 2021, I will have either Herbie or probably Selwyn Cobbo. I think I end up with one of these guys in my side. I like it. Yeah, we're, we're going to need to be looking close to the trials to see who actually gets those spots. Yeah, long way away, plenty to watch. And, of course, if there's going to be real changes, we also need to keep a very, very close eye on that. Guys, that will be us signing off from the Supercoach Summer Series till post-Christmas. We'll be getting stuck in. Uh, let's not make any promises, right, boys? But uh, in the near yeah. future, we will be resurfacing uh, with more Supercoach analysis. Hopefully, by then, we might get some rule changes or something to make everything a little bit clearer. Mm. But uh, thank you for tuning in to the Rugby League Guru podcast and the weekly rubdown for the Supercoach Summer Series. Have a great Chrissy Kyes, and we will talk to you soon. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com